Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, as Scott said, my name is Todd Gilberth, and man, it is so great to see you this morning and to be speaking today. We are going to continue into Acts uh, in chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. So if you want to open up your Bibles to that and mark it, we're going to go to a couple other places first, and then we'll come back to chapter 11 in Acts. So today, we are going to look at how to hear God, how to hear God. So for the last several months, we've heard from Mike, Norm, uh, Kevin, and Sean, and praise God for the blessing that these men are to us, and the messages that he gave them. They've been so good. Each message that we've heard has been building on one on top of the last, and I love how God has orchestrated all of this because none of us met uh, as speakers and planned this. It just kind of happened. Well, some would say God made it happen. So God has been giving me some great material uh, for this message and the re recent current events and, and, and otherwise, uh, including uh, most of the previous messages that we've heard. In those messages, uh, there has been at least one reference to hearing God. And now we are here at this moment in time to learn about more about how to hear God. So my hope and my prayer is that we all hear from Jesus today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I do pray and ask that people would hear from you, that we would hear from you. Lord, I pray that you would give us grace, grace this morning to hear the words that need to be said. And Lord, I pray that these words would be completely from you and not from me. Lord, I pray that people would look past my mistakes and faults and they would only see you, Jesus. Because Lord Jesus, in a time like this, we really need to hear from you. So Lord, I just ask that you would speak and that you would remove anything, uh, any competing voices of the world, any negative inner thoughts, anything that would keep us from not hearing you. So Jesus, would you speak to us today? In your name I pray, amen. So recently in the news, uh, we have seen references of God speaking to people. So on February 13th, you guys may have uh, heard about this, Joy Behar from the TV show The View. Uh, she said that, Vice, and I quote, Vice President Mike Pence is crazy because he hears from God. Now in another news article, reported there was an Albuquerque, New Mexico police officer. He was dispatched in an emergency. His name is Ryan Hollett, and he and his wife, Rebecca, they adopted a baby from a heroin, heroin addict because he heard from God. In that emergency, he heard God say, you will do it because you can. The actor Jim Caviezel who played the role of Jesus in the movie The Passion of the Christ, directed by Mel Gibson. He said in, in that interview that uh, he had a deep experience with Jesus when he was about 13 years old while at a movie theater. He heard from God. He describes it as a love that he had never felt before. And he heard these words, I want you to be an actor. These words exactly. So every night when he went to bed, it was like an indelible mark on his heart. Every morning when he woke up, those words were there, I want you to be an actor. So after a series of movies, uh, he ended up meeting with Mel Gibson. And he thought it was about a surfing movie. But then after about 40 minutes, all of a sudden this thought raced back into his mind. 
and this uh, feeling of love came back in, and he said, wait, he goes, you want me to play Jesus, don't you? And Mel said, well, yes, that's what this meeting is really about. He goes, so this isn't about a surfing movie, no. So a couple of days later, uh, Mel calls him, and he says, uh, hey, do you still want to play Jesus? And he said, yes. He said, well, if you play Jesus, I just want you to know that you may never, ever act in this town again. You may never work here again. And at that moment, he felt fear race into his heart. So he stopped and he paused. And then all of a sudden, love came in and he heard those words again, I want you to be an actor. And he also heard, he goes, pick up your cross or the weight of it might crush you. So there are some that believe that God doesn't speak today, and if he does, they might label them as crazy. Then there are others who know Jesus and know that he speaks. So you don't have to answer this out loud, but what do you believe? What do you believe about hearing Jesus? So let's look at the history of God, of hearing God. So we start in verse, in, uh, verse 3, uh, chapter 8 in Genesis, and there in the garden... They heard the sound of the Lord, God walking in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Then we go a little bit farther into 1 Kings 19, 12 through 14, and it says, and this is one of the times that Elijah had heard from God. Anyway, it says, and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. So right then, here comes God as a whisper, a sound, a thin silence. Here God spoke to Elijah right when he needed it, right when he needed to hear from God. So then we look at the New Testament. Fast forward and we read that Jesus and everyone around him the day that he was baptized heard from God. In Matthew 3, 6 and 17, it says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. Suddenly the heavens were open. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and resting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Then in John 10, 27 and 28, Jesus tells us that we will hear his voice and follow him. You, most, a lot of you know this verse, these verses. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. So Jesus loves us enough to speak to us, and we can know him, and we can follow him. So do you know Jesus? You can say, hey, I love God, and I've been to church, and so I'm good, but have you given your life over to Jesus? Are you following him? He also loves us enough to give us eternal life so that we will never perish. No one or nothing in this world, not money or fame or success or worldly power, not hedonism or materialism or ways we self-medicate or the supernatural can take us from Jesus and his love. If we repent of our sins and turn our lives over to him, we are his and he is ours. 
There is nothing so horrible that you have done or could do that will keep him from speaking to you or loving you. So let's look at our main text, Acts 11, starting at verse 1. This is where Peter is explaining his actions. In verse 1 it says, Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men, and you ate with them. But Peter began and explained it to them in order. First, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air, as I, and I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Now these words are in red in my Bible, so that's Jesus speaking. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven. And Jesus said, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times. That's a sign of completeness. And all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were, sent to me from Caesarea, and the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me. And we entered the men's house. And he told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. So let's unpack this. So at, the time, at this time in Scripture, Peter had already seen this vision, that he had heard uh, from Jesus in Acts 10.9 and was now being questioned and had been charged by the secretary and that's the Jewish believers. They were criticizing him and had suspicions that he had visited with those that did not practice Mosaic law or Jewish customs and he had visited with the unclean and eaten with them. The unclean at this point are the Gentiles who were converted to the Jewish beliefs. At this time, the Gentiles also means anyone not Jewish. Those Gentiles had been dispersed among them, and his accusers were very holy and shocked as he had eaten with the Gentiles. The Gentile, after following Jewish customs, had heard the gospel and become Christians, that is, followers of Jesus Christ. By Peter's simple explanation of hearing from God, their argument was refuted. Then they started praising and rejoicing with him of what Jesus had said and done, that is, giving the Gentiles the Holy Spirit. So it's a good thing that Peter heard a voice, a voice of Jesus. So we're going to come back to this in a moment, but it seems the Lord was speaking a lot during the time, this time. In fact, this passage in Acts is one of many where God spoke to his people. 
in the rest of the books of the New Testament, we also see God speaking, even to the very end. In Revelation, it says that people will hear the voice of God. Revelation 3, 6 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, there are numerous instances of hearing God or the Lord spoke or I heard a voice. Two things that we can conclude is that God spoke to his people. And he teaches us to be still and expect him to speak to us. So Jesus still speaks today. So are you hearing Jesus? So many of you know what these are. <laughs> hearing aids. A hearing aid is a small electronic device that you wear in or behind your ear. It makes some sounds louder so that a person with hearing loss can listen, communicate, and participate more fully in daily activities. A hearing aid can help people hear more in both quiet and noisy times. However, only about one in five people who would benefit from a hearing aid actually uses one. So God has given us some hearing aids to listen to him, to communicate and participate more fully in our relationship with him. Jesus wants you to hear him. So are you and I listening we can hear him in the, in the noisiest of situations that we face in life, in the most difficult of times. Proverbs 3, 6 says, Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. He also tells us to be still, quiet, and to listen to him in Psalm 46:10, How many of us are benefiting from the hearing aids that he's given us? Is it one out of five, three out of five? So recently I conducted a, ra a random survey over the past couple of months and I asked friends, coworkers, and even some of you, you know, how do you hear Jesus, the G God, the Holy Spirit? How are you hearing him? It was interesting to hear some of the answers. They were really, really good. Of course, some said scripture, that is the living word of God, God's holy word speaking to us. Others said during preaching. Others said they, they hear God in visions or dreams. Um, they hear it with other godly people. Timing, the timing of things, God showing pictures, movies, or words on a screen in, in their mind, and then, of course, some other ways. So let's look at the hearing aids that God has given us to hear from him. Scripture, in God's word, we know that God speaks to us. We can read something, a verse or a passage sometimes, and they are just words on a page. They're meaningful, but they don't really hit home. But then there's other times when we can read the very same passage and it will jump off the page and it hits us like a ton of bricks and speaks to our spirit and penetrates so deeply down in our soul and we are like, wow, Lord, this is God's main way of speaking to us because Scripture is the voice of God. This is the inspired words of God. Passages being brought to our attention and speaking to a particular situation or circumstance happens because the Bible is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, Hebrews 4.12. So a hearing aid does not completely separate the sounds you want to hear from the ones you don't want to hear. Sometimes, however, the hearing aid may need to be adjusted like a hearing aid that, that need, sometimes needs to be retuned so that we can hear in one-on-one -on -one conversations better in, or in, in crowds, we need to retune our frequency and adjust it to God.
So what is your frequency set on? The promise in Romans 10, 12 says, so then faith comes by hearing and, by, and hearing by the word of God. In your walk with Christ, you will see spiritually mature people or ones that have lots of faith. They are usually people who are of great hearing and they listen to Jesus through his word. Another way he speaks to us is through prayer. When we pray, the Holy Spirit will speak to us and give us words to say and pray. We may start out by praying, thank you, and, and uh, praising him, and confession of sin. But then all of a sudden, there's this switch that happens. And the Holy Spirit starts giving us the words to pray, people to pray for, situations to pray for, um, events in our lives that we need to pray, pray for, the church, healing. He speaks to us through prayer as we are speaking to him from our hearts. Journaling is another way. When you journal and you meditate on Scripture, uh, you can listen and you can hear God. So by journaling, we listen to what God is saying. Praying is a two-way street. So when we spend time with God, it is not just us talking to God, but it's also us listening. You may want to write down in your journal what God is saying and then think about that, and then listen and record the comments that he is impressing on you. Then go back throughout the day or later on in time on what you wrote down and what you've learned. God also speaks to our hearts. When the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, you know it. There's an overwhelming sense that God is speaking and wants you to move or do something or know a word of knowledge. So not too long ago, Dan Rada and I uh, were, was asked to cook um, at a grad party, and I lost one of those uh, rings that have verses on it. So Becky and I went back the next day, and we went looking for that ring. I mean, we were searching. We went back to the lawn, and we were searching and covering every inch of that lawn, walking back and forth, me on one side, her on the other. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I heard this voice drop into my spirit, and the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, Todd, I want you to seek me like you are searching for this ring. Well, that's scriptural. That's biblical. Because in Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. What I, what I heard lined up with the scripture, and there was fruit from it in my life. It was like a still, small voice. It was so kind and loving and like no other voice on earth I had ever heard. It was so quiet and gentle, amazing and divine, yet heavenly and holy. So God uses godly people to speak with us. We should seek godly people to be with. In our text in Acts 11, 4 through 16, Peter had three guys and then six brothers that were with him that heard God together to substantiate his claims that he had made. This brings accountability and brings glory to God because of multiple testimonies and the unity. God also uses visions and dreams. Last week we heard Sean preach about Ananias, the underdog. In Acts 9.10, it says the Lord spoke to Ananias in a vision. In Acts 18.9, when you fast forward a little bit, and the Lord speaks to Paul in the night by a vision saying, Do not be afraid, but speak and do not be silent, 
So Paul had a vision of Jesus Christ speaking to him to give him direction, to give him comfort, security, and peace. To affirm him in the mission he was given to carry out in Corinth at that time. Even the best Christians can feel alone and isolated, but we need Jesus, and we need other believers. Jesus used a vision to reach Paul, to get his attention, to pull him out of fear, which was an attack of the enemy. It was an attack to silence him. How many of us have heard of Muslims who are getting visions and they're receiving Christ and they're turning their lives around, they're, they're doing a 180. But God doesn't give visions to American Christians who are in his family. I mean, we can believe that, but it's hard to believe that sometimes that we can hear. God uses physical reactions, signs, timing, and circumstances. The Holy Spirit will cause our bodies to react in certain ways, to get the message across. In his presence, People experience physical reactions like sensing him walk into the room, a thickness in the air, an overwhelming sense of peace and love. In Scripture, it says that on the road to Emmaus, after walking with Jesus, the two men said, weren't our hearts burning as he talked with us? There was a physical heat in their bodies. During freedom ministry or intercessory prayer, We've seen people who have experienced a physical heat all over their bodies. Sometimes they tremble in his presence. When the power and the presence of the Lord comes upon them, sometimes they experience a physical shaking in their bodies. Well, why not? This is the power of God. He's our maker, the creator of the universe. Why wouldn't we shudder and shake? In Acts 7.32, Stephen was giving a speech. And he, and he was referencing Moses. He said, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Moses shook with fear and would not venture to look at God. So Stephen was one of the chosen to carry out the continuation of prayer and ministry. And in his speech, he was re referencing Exodus 3-7, where Moses was in the presence of the Lord and he started to tremble. When Moses received the Ten Commandments, the people shook along with the mountains in Exodus 19, it says. There were also times when buildings shook in God's presence, in Acts 4 and in Isaiah 6. We've also heard of people not able to sleep because of God's conviction. David talked about his bones breaking and aching from conviction. There's also God uses his peace in his presence to speak to us. Peace is another real physical experience. One can go from feeling anxiety and tension and stress right in the center of their core to peace beyond all understanding. In Scripture, it says, Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. In John 16, 33, it says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen? There are many other times, like here on Sunday morning, like even this morning, that we feel his presence, and, we are, and, he's, and it fills up the entire room. Like last Sunday, Scott stopped after the communion, and he said, he's here. And was he ever? We felt his presence, and we felt his peace.
you know, God uses signs and timing and circumstances in our lives to show people that he talks to them. A sign could be an, an event or unity with other believers or a spiritual experience. In our text, verse 11, let's look back at that for just a moment. It's a really simple verse. Peter received a sign from Jesus right after Jesus spoke to them. It says, Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation. All right, so just like that, boom. <laughs> Instantly, a sign from God, Peter gets a vision. Jesus speaks. No sooner than he has this vision, three guys show up and knock on the door. He doesn't hesitate. He runs. Then the Holy Spirit speaks to him. Wouldn't you say that God is talking? God speaks. Jesus speaks. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. God will break in and speak to us any way he chooses. One big sign is right here at Freshwater. You can see the number of lives that are being touched by Jesus and that people are hearing from him. Jesus is freeing people from bondage and giving them healing and giving them love and peace that they need and have never experienced before in their lives or haven't in a very, very long time. I wouldn't want to miss this for anything in the world. One caution, though, is that when you see a situation or circumstance in your life that you would like to happen, and you may think that it's God telling you to fill in the blank, be very careful. We need to get confirmation first. So how do we have confirmation? When we are not sure that we are hearing from God, then how can we know? How can I hear from God, and how can I know it's God, and it's not me, or it's not the enemy, or my own thoughts? There are three tried and true ways that we can know that we're hearing from God. And I give credit to Pastor Robert Morris at Gateway for this. The three ways, his word, his wisdom, and his peace. So his word doesn't line up with the Bible. His word, his principles, and his character, does it match these? God's voice will never disagree with his word. Matthew, 15, or Matthew 19, 3, 4 says, God will not contradict himself. It's easy to take verse or verses out of context and make them fit into an answer to prayer that you really, really want God to do or something that your heart desires. Is what you want to say, is what you want God to say your desire or his? Is it really God's will for your life? The second way is his wisdom. Godly people and godly counsel. Not just good counsel, but godly counsel. We will seek out people sometimes, anyone, to get confirmation. And that's not godly counsel. Godly counsel is people who really know God, who really know his word, and know you. Proverbs 12, 15, and 19, 20 through 21, and 24, 6 says this. The third way is his peace. His ways, his peace, and his calm. Do I have peace? Do you have peace? Like Colossians 3.15 says and Philippians 4.7. Let the peace of God lead you. Let it umpire you in your discernment. If you don't have peace, then stop. Peace surpasses all your logical reasoning. Sometimes we can have a false peace and think it's God answering our prayer and speaking to us. We need all three of these to have confirmation. 
If you think God is speaking to you through Scripture and you have peace, but several godly people are saying that doesn't seem right or that doesn't sound like God speaking, then back off and wait for full confirmation. Gideon tested what the Lord was saying, and he did it many, many times. Don't be impatient. Wait on the Lord. No answer does not mean move forward. It means to wait for confirmation. Don't be ahead of God. Don't rush ahead of what he's doing in your life. So, God will give you a word, and he'll confirm the word. It will line up with his word. Godly counsel will agree, and you will have peace. It's his principles, his character, and his peace. So, why do we want to hear from him? Well, he's God. Who wouldn't want to hear from him? Nothing can give you the direction for your life like a word from Jesus. Nothing can change your life like the still, small voice or whisper from him. He gives direction. He gives healing and purpose and love that is like none other. This is where we see divine appointments lived out, miracles happen, and God-sized dreams happen. He gives us truth, like Norm said a couple of weeks ago, truth for our lives, truth that is so important to destroy the lies of the enemy. Something learned in Freedom Ministry is that for every lie the enemy tells you, there is an opposite truth that God uses to destroy, bulldoze, demolish, obliterates, and crush those lies. Amen? He uses freedom. Hearing from God, a word from him, can be used to bring freedom in our lives. In freedom ministry, here we see sometimes a fear or a sinful behavior that is a stronghold or a foothold that are not Christ-like, that are removed and people being set free. This is the sanctifying process, and it leads us closer to becoming more Christ-like. So a word or message from Jesus can give us freedom, can give us power, wisdom, gives us life, gives us joy, peace, strength to the weak, comfort to the distraught, guidance, salvation to the lost, and love. Oh, how wonderful it is to know the love of Jesus. There is nothing like it for our souls in this life and the life hereafter, but to know his love. We can all hear from God. There's not just one person or group of people or the pastor or the elders who hear from God. This is a gift that everyone has. The people who have walked a long time with the Lord, they've developed a spiritual muscle in, in their relationship with God. So it may appear like they can pick up their cell phone and they can call him, <laughs> but it's not like that at all. It's like working out. We all have a direct line to him. Are you working on your relationship with him? Jesus is waiting. If we had a chair right here and Jesus was sitting right here, what would he be saying to you? He is waiting to speak to you. There are some of you right now here that think that God doesn't want to speak to me. You, you don't know what I've done. There is no guilt or no condemnation or shame at the cross. In fact, it's just the opposite. There, are, there may also be some here that are saying, hey, I'm good. I know about God, but really don't need Jesus. You may feel a tug in your heart right now and know deep down inside that that's just not true. 
everyone comes to a place where we must decide to follow Jesus or not. Jesus wants you to hear him. He wants you to have a relationship with him, but you must believe in him. There is nothing that can satisfy like a relationship with Jesus. Not riches, not toys, fame, approval of others, notoriety, power, control, alcohol, drugs, lust, an affair, social media, games. Nothing the world has to offer or the lies of the enemy compares to hearing from Jesus and having that awesome, incredible relationship with him. Christ is enough for you and for me. This is a learned process. So in closing, you will hear him the more you spend time with him. Reading scripture, listening, and are looking for him working in your life. Look for those times when you see God moving. Be open to whatever Jesus wants to say to you and whatever he wants to do in your life or wants you to do. You may even want to say, hey, Jesus, I will submit to you your will and your ways. I am your servant. Use me any way you see fit for your kingdom. So let's take a moment. Let's take a moment right now, and let's listen to Jesus. Ask him what is on your heart today, and listen to his still, small voice. He has more for you in this life of living and wants to speak to you and have deeper, a deeper, more intimate relationship with you. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do want to hear from you today. Lord, I pray and ask that you would speak, that people would only hear your still small voice. Jesus, I pray that you remove anything that's blocking them from hearing from you. Jesus, I pray a word of revelation, that you would give people revelation for their lives. Lord, I pray a word that would move them to consecration, consecrating their lives for you. And Lord, we also pray for a word of revival. Would you revive our hearts? And Lord, would you speak to us and give us your peace, Jesus? Jesus, we are listening, and we want to hear you. In your name we pray, amen.